0: I love Jenny Kane. At this very moment, I'm feeling so comfy and cozy as I'm practically getting a hug from my Jenny Kane crop cashmere cocoon cardigan. I am enjoying this sweater so much that I've been living in it all spring long. And with Mother's Day just around the corner, this is a feeling you can gift all the well-deserving moms, moms moms-to-be, and mother figures in your life by giving them the gift of Jenny Kane. Along with bringing you this episode, Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed so super easy. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. Jenny Kane means luxurious cashmere sweaters, iconic accessories, elevated versions of your everyday basics, plus the most incredible home essentials. For a limited time, Birthful listeners get 15% off their first order. Go to JennyKane.com and use the code BIRTHFUL15 to get 15% off and support the show. Jenny Kane is known for their quintessential sweaters with their cotton collection providing you with the perfect everyday pieces as the days get warmer, but they also have gorgeous sundresses in a variety of silhouettes for any occasion and spectacular sandals to go along with them. Find the perfect Mother's Day gift or curate your new spring go-tos at JennyKane.com. Birthful listeners get 15% off your first order when you use the code birthful15 at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E dot com, promo code BIRTHFUL15. Get yourself and the mothers in your life the gift of Jenny Kane. Pregnancy and postpartum are some of the most nutritionally demanding times of your life, which makes sense because you're basically acting as your baby's pantry while pregnant or nursing. That's why the quality of your prenatal supplements is so vitally important. Head over to thisisneeded.com and use the code BIRTHFUL for 20% off your first month of needed products. That's thisisneeded.com and use the code BIRTHFUL for 20% off your first month of needed products.
1: Welcome to BIRTHFUL. I'm Adriana Losada. If you did your best, even if it's not what you aspire yourself to be, but you did your best for that day, let it go. You do not need to hold on to that guilt. Give it back to whoever it came from. It's not yours to hold anymore.
0: That's motherhood transition coach, Stefa LaFond. Stefa and I will be taking a closer look at how that mom guilt can easily turn to shame. What to do with the manufactured expectations that society, hustle culture, and even you yourself place on what it means to be a quote-unquote good mom, and the steps you can take to get rid of that guilt, whether you're pregnant or right in the thick of postpartum. You're listening to Birthful, here to inform your intuition. Welcome, Staffa, to the show. I am really happy to be having this conversation with you today. Before we get into it, because I think it's going to be juicy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you identify
1: Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Adriana, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So my name is Stefa. I am a coach for moms and what I call myself is a motherhood transition coach. And it all started kind of like with my story and my own quest for reconnecting to my identity and feeling like I was also being nurtured as a caregiver and Having these conversations with women's feeling like they had completely lost themselves and they did not know where to go. Most of them had careers, had full lives before motherhood and have been sucked into this belief that society told them that motherhood is only to be done one particular way. And we're having a hard time with that. So where I come in is I really help them reconnect to what matters to them and their own version of motherhood so they can thrive while taking care of their loved ones. Oh, and I
0: love that you mentioned the identity shift that happens and that having to rethink who you are and really, it's a very messy time while you're dealing with the messiness of a newborn.
1: It's a very messy time. It's if There's that saying, and I know we've seen memes, right? When a child is born, a mother is also born, right? But what do people ask about when they come visit you? How's the baby? They call you. How's the baby? And rarely, I think folks are starting to get it now, but it's still very much baby-centric. We live in a very baby-centric culture. And it's like, well, what about the woman? Personally, I call
0: postpartum the pregnancy hangover. Because when you're pregnant, it's all about you and you're glowing and how beautiful and it's all centered on you. And then you have the baby and it's like you are the baby's mom (laughs) yeah you're not
1: even you get a second title that's defined by the baby it's very absurd it's very absurd I remember to points where like I didn't have like the bump and you know the attention that the bump gets and after my first being like huh I kind of missed the bump and I'm wondering now a lot of times I wonder if I actually missed the attention (laughs) or not in a kind of self-centered way but wow, people were listening. They, they saw me being seen rather than, oh, well, you know, you're old news. Let's move on to this child now. And I think
0: that kind of sets us up really nice for the conversation that I was looking to have today, which is to talk about mom guilt. And why do we feel this mom guilt? And
1: why is it so entrenched? So, really, mom guilt is the idea for most people, right? That if you do anything that is deemed pleasurable, anything outside of your role as mothering that is deviating from what is quote unquote norm, you should feel guilty about it, right? You're doing something wrong. And it's very pervasive. It just sucks into every little piece of your soul as a mother. And what I've came up with over the years, even after battling very early on some of my own mom guilt, is that a lot of it is manufactured. It is manufactured from the expectations, the societal expectations of what a mother should be. And when you start getting these inklings that, oh, my God, I am inadequate, I am failing, it's not working. That's when mom guilt really kind of gets you. And it's important to understand what is really happening here. I love to use Brene Brown's example of like, what's guilt versus shame? And guilt is like, I have these standards. They're very much my own standards. And I did something outside of that. Maybe I made a mistake. Oops, but you can move on. And our mom guilt is a lot of times based on, again, what we think is expected of us. And then it seeps into shame. Like we just repeat that cycle. Like something is wrong with me. It's the, between I did something wrong versus I am wrong. That's how Brene puts it. And I think a lot of times the mom guilt is a slippery slope. Like oh, I, everything I did is wrong. And now I am wrong. I am a bad mom. I'm not good enough.
0: I feel also that through the years, The definition of what quote unquote a good mom has become, there's been more and more attached to it, and it's become harder to reach. So then that guilt seeps deeper and deeper. Like I see it with the new moms that I support as a doula, I can remember it in myself. It goes so deep that if you even think of, I am going to do this for myself, I am depleted, I need to sleep, I'm going to have somebody hold the baby while I sleep then they can't sleep because they're worried. Like the mind and the thoughts of, I'm not, this This is wrong, I shouldn't be doing this, or is the baby okay? Or I should be the one taking care of, like not giving them permission to have other people help raise
1: this child then creates it so that they can't do the thing either. They can't. Yes, it's this, just- Unrealistic expectations. And for the life of me, Adriana, I can't figure out kind of like where we went wrong with this. Like, when was the exact point where people were like, well, mom should do everything? Because I was born in the early 80s, right? And I showed a bit about my background before, but being born, my, my parents are Haitian. It was very common to have everybody around. It, we just had a culture that. Folks were around to hold the baby, to spend time with the baby. When I lived in Haiti, I wasn't even living with my parents. I was living with extended family. And while my parents were kind of setting everything up for us in the States. So it's just like there was a village aspect. I had aunties around. I had that. And not only have we moved so far away from that, we live in the U S particularly, but I would say most Western cultures, very individualistic, the nuclear family. And now we're expecting mom to show up and be the village.
0: Also, for many of us to work outside of home, to also everybody's like, working. Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's nuts. It's it's insane to me because I have girlfriends that are they're directors. They're this. They're really climbing the ladder in their careers, and they're all business owners, whatever. And they're still expecting themselves to do all these things. It's like, well, how do you think that's possible? That is completely unrealistic and not sustainable for me. When I'm working with folks, is where do you get to that space where it's sustainable for you? What works for you? Not what your family did. Cause there's a lot of that. There's a lot of guilt because in our heads, we think, well, the generations before me were able to do it and they had way more barriers. Why can't I do it? And just when we sit down and actually talk about it, it's like, did they really have more barriers? And even if they did. You don't have to make yourself suffer, right? So how do you get to that sweet spot? Understanding, I love to talk about season. We do not expect the earth to remain in the same season, right? We know there are life cycles. So why are we expecting ourselves to be productive, to be doing all the things, especially in a major phase of transition? Like when you have a child, when you're raising your child and they're going through a different phase and you have to adjust, life is going to look different. Can you give yourself that space to be like, okay, I'm good at this thing, but not right now? Or- I don't even like this thing. Why am I forcing myself into a box that says I have to do this thing?
0: Well, and it's so multi-layered because you have you, th- those beliefs in your head about how you were brought up and what your family did. And those, we tend to remember in nostalgia. So yes. we, <laughs> we really remember the great things and kind of forget about the not so great. So there's that idea of wanting to provide maybe for our kids that nostalgia when the support systems and the realities we live are very different from the ones that we grew up in.
1: I do find though there's just a whole lot of pressure of like what your kids should be doing. For example, I live in Brooklyn. My kids are in school until four o'clock, right? So to me, that's just like, that's a full day. I'm able to end my day early enough to go get them. But then they're so many parents are like, well, what are you doing for after school? What are you doing for this activity? Are they in sports? So there's this constant voice, right, within the communities that we live in. Like you have to be doing more. This is what you have to do with the children. So if you don't do it, or if you don't do it how you seeing everybody do it, there can be like, am I doing enough? And again, it goes through our culture. I often talk about capitalism and just this mindset of like people are like well how does that have to do with motherhood I'm like it's all around us we go to school and everything is like you have to be you have to sit this way you have to do this to be excellent right so we are we have been trained from very young to understand that there's a hierarchy to something and something is either right or wrong we're now just now beginning to see like things outside of the binary but Everything is either this or that. It's either black or it's white. And that falls into our motherhood. How do we get to that radical acceptance that good for you over there, you do you, I'm going to be over here doing me and that's all okay. We're all very different people. Right. So why are we all expecting ourselves to mother the same way? And I talk about when I talk about village, I talk about like, who are who is that friend? Like, you're not a good crafty mom. You don't have to force yourself to be crafty. Is there somebody in your circle that's crafty? So rather than trying to force yourself to be crafty and compete with them when your kid has to do this project, why not ask for their help? Like, hey, girl, I'm not crafty, but you are. How can we get together? Oh, my God. And I think that gets right to the root of it. As you were talking, I was like,
0: oh, that that just light bulb of the inherent competition that we're always comparing ourselves and trying to be, quote unquote,
1: better. Yes. Oh, gosh. There's always a competition. There's always more. There's this idea that you have to keep striving rather than being content, right? What is wrong with just spending an afternoon just relaxing? But we don't we feel that we must, we must strive. We must get to the next thing and the next thing. And that is the hustle culture. And how do you allow yourself, give yourself permission to detach from that? I always say the hustle will kill you. I I no longer want to hustle, right? There are so many ways for you to find contentment and joy and tap into your own gifts without feeling that you constantly have to overextend yourself or you're not doing enough.
0: And in terms of that competition, I found also like for me, the importance was to give myself grace and permission to not compete because I realized I was competing with myself.
1: Yes. Um, yes. So good. And that's where the expectations come in, right? Who are you competing with? Who said you had to do that? So you're competing with this fictional version of your mother self. I am going to be this mother that does these, this list of things. You have this long list. And then because you're falling short of this unrealistic, like a fictional mother that you thought you would be, you're judging yourself. So it's just like, how do we scale it back? To be like, okay, those were the expectations. This is the reality. And be okay with that.
0: Oh, and be okay with that. To me, also, it had the component of one of the ways back to that identity, right? One of the ways that I define myself was being an overachiever. Mm, yes. So yes. if I wasn't an
1: overachiever, like if I wasn't the overachieving mom, then who am I? Like if I'm taking that. Who am I outside of this? Yes. Whenever I do exercises talking about identity, I'm always just like, who are you outside of the things that you do? Take away all the things. Take away the titles, your job title, your work, etc. Who are you? What is the essence of you? Can you tell me that? And if you can't, how do we really get to connect with that? So when, when you could no longer do that thing, when you no longer have that job, when somebody's not depending on you for this thing that you were good at for them, how can you still feel good about yourself and know who you are outside of those things?
0: With Mother's Day coming up fast, are you looking to get your mom, grandma, or mother figure a gift that they'll actually love? You know, something that is treasured instead of dying out or collecting dust? If so, you need to know about mylifeinabook.com, which is a service that helps turn their life stories into a beautiful book that can be passed down. How amazing is that? And the process couldn't be easier. Basically, if they can use email, they can create their book. Every week, My Life in a Book will send them an email with a prompt question to get them started. And if they don't like the question, they can easily edit it or change it. We gave a My Life in a Book to a family member that always wants to document all family get-togethers through images. And let me tell you, the process of sending the gift was super simple, even letting us choose the date we wanted the gift to be sent. I'm so looking forward to discovering stories about her youth, her adventures, and the challenges she has overcome. And since My Life in a Book lets you add an image with each answer, she can now share the story that goes along with her many photos. Another great thing is that the answers can be edited at any time before the book is printed in case she wants to add anything else. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use the code BIRTHFUL at checkout for 10% off create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use the code BIRTHFUL for 10% off today. and download the app to start creating your shared photo legacy, and I think just realizing that the hustle is a construct that <laughs> that mom guilt is a construct, like all those things have a purpose, I think, in terms of power dynamics. Can yeah. you speak more
1: about that? No, absolutely. I think. When you think about power dynamics, like how you prove yourself, right? Like even you go down back again to school, through our workplaces, how we prove ourselves is how how we produce. And how do you give yourself the permission as a human being, not a machine, to not be producing? And oftentimes as mothers, we feel like not only we have to be good at whatever it is our job is, because if you're a stay-at-home mom, you are expected to do all the things, right? And that's not even considered the job. So you're expected to be just good at everything. Don't complain. And as a working mom, most of my friends are moms who are working outside of the home and they're expected to still do excellent, excel at their jobs and don't complain. Don't leave early. Don't talk too much about the children, right? And come home and be perfect moms. So there's this constant idea that you must be going and going and going. And my thing is, where do you get to the equilibrium? Where do you get to the point where it's like, this is me. Like, I enjoy this and I want to push myself to do it versus like, I'm exhausted. I can't even push like one ounce of energy. Why am I forcing myself to do this? So for people that are pregnant, and mm-hmm. having gotten
0: to that part of, you know, that <laughs> they're still in the pregnancy glow.
1: Yes. As yes. they
0: prepare for this identity shift that's to come, what are some ways they can start doing some work right now to minimize that mom guilt and get ahead of it?
1: I think it's really kind of like naming your values. Understand what's what's important to you. So setting the expectations really early. Of what do you think motherhood, especially the first year or two, the first few months, what are you expecting from it? How will you give yourself grace when things are not going as expected? How do you set up support system so you don't feel that you have to be perfect and you have to be the one doing all the things, right? There are some things that, you know what? You do have to be the one doing it or you want to be the one doing it and that's okay. But is that everything? Do you need to be the one doing everything? I love to ask the questions about who taught you to mother? What did you see as mothering? Because some people have very different definitions and it may not be the same way for you. And how will you reconcile that? Is it going to really break your heart? And how are you going to handle it if you have those moments where you're like, oh my God, I'm crying. I feel like I'm failing. Is there somebody you can talk to? Do you feel safe saying that? Those are the conversations I want moms, pregnant moms, to have before stepping in to the postpartum period, or that really that first year where everything gets thrown at you and you don't understand what's happening, who you are, etc.
0: Yeah, and knowing that you're learning something new that you haven't done ever. Part of the work that I do is trying to get people. Then I I really live in the space of birth, so try to get people to unlearn the skills that they usually go to and that we value as a society, such as, you know, producing, goal-oriented, task achievement, being on time, organization, all of these things that we're really good at, but have no place in birth. And will if you try to birth using those skills, you, it's going to hit you hard. Yeah. Same that thing surrender. for postpartum. Right? Yeah, you need to surrender. You need to like lean into the messiness. Ask for help. You know, let go of your ego. All of these things, and and just knowing that you get, like you said, giving yourself a lot of grace. So, stuff up for the moms, the primary caregivers that are out there right now in the thick of it. That are like everything goes wrong. I am a failure. I'm not being able to do work or my kids and just having no real, like every interaction is one of hardship because they're so in this hole of, of this guilt and shame. What are some ways they can start moving towards
1: being? Firstly is to think about what seems to be going wrong, right? And what are the expectations of how it should be? So I I think when you look at the expectation versus the reality, you can really see, is it far off? Is it close? But I'm not getting it. And then secondly, is looking at where those expectations come from. Are you having realistic expectations of yourself? Are you talking to other mothers about what's happening? Do you have a support system? And then communicating with somebody you trust, not anybody that's going to judge you because we know that there are friends and family, right? Like if you communicate with them, it's not going to help. But who can you trust to actually provide real support for you and help you with some of these expectations? I think adjusting expectations, really getting support because you are not meant to do any of this alone at all. So how do you have that support come in when you do have somebody say can they help you and really finding space whether it's 10 minutes a day or more right just for you a cup of tea something communicate to your husband your partner that hey I need some space and the sooner you can just have time to be steal away that time and give yourself that permission I think the better
0: A sentence that got to me once on helping me make that shift was saying, when I realized, somebody told me, just like you don't want to be with the same person all the time, your baby also gets sick of you. And that was so freeing and liberating of like, oh, right, I don't have to be everything for this kid. It's actually good if I'm not. And that was kind of like what I needed to give myself the grace to let go of baby, because somehow I managed to switch it that it was actually good for baby to do that. <laughs> because it's so entrenched in us that we have to be these super moms. Those thoughts are insidious. They're deeply
1: rooted. They're deep. They're, they're very, very deep.
0: And they're deeply rooted in us, in our partners, in our family, in our society at all levels. And To an extent, this binary traditional structure that we've got going on where birth givers tend to be the primary caregivers and then the partner is like support system. That, I think, is a relationship that really needs to be questioned.
1: I always say that. Look at your husband or partner, right? What What is their idea of what motherhood's supposed to look like? This is why I said before birth, let's set some expectations. What are your expectations of yourself? What are expectations of your partner, husband, support system? Talk about it. And I think it can be frustrating. It's like, why do I have to tell you what I need? But they didn't see it being displayed. So this is a whole new language for them too and the sooner you can get them on board with hey you don't just get to play superhero right or support system and just step in when you're needed like we're both doing this even if I'm breastfeeding right that's the only thing you literally can't do everything else you can do you can hold the baby you can move the baby like whatever it is but Understanding what your own unique dynamics are in your household and making it work for you so that you don't have to be the one carrying all of the load while somebody else gets 10%. And you're just like, well, that's how it's supposed to be. Move that needle. <laughs> no. And it doesn't have to be. It doesn't exactly move that needle as much as possible. It doesn't have to be that way. And we first have to give ourselves permission to understand that. And then we have to bring our partners on board. And remember that it's a process, that
0: it's going to take time, but keep at it. Keep pushing. Yes. Keep, keep, keep at set it. Set your boundaries. Keep, keep, talking. keep moving it.
1: <laughs> yes. I absolutely agree because I do. I talk to people and it's like, well, he's not used to it. I'm just like, okay. Help him get used to it, or that they feel like that's more emotional labor having to tell the partner. And I'm like, I'm not going to deny that it's not labor, but you're either going to stay in that same cycle and keep complaining, or you're going to unfortunately do some of this labor because that's what we've had to do, but get him on the other side. And I had, I saw it in my own marriage where it was hard the first two years having kids back to back. And then, People are like, oh, he's so, now people are like, my husband, oh, he's so great. He does this. Yeah, because I, I I, set expectations and boundaries. Was there anything else relating to the topic that you wanted to make sure people heard? Yeah, I think really when it comes to guilt, when you feel yourself spiraling, when you feel yourself like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that. It's so wrong. I feel so bad. I'm such a horrible mom. When you're going through that, the, that negative self-talk, right? Is stopping and asking yourself, is this true? Is this true? You can also ask yourself, whose voice is it? That's always a powerful way. Like, is it my mom, dad, family member, somebody in my community that's a little judgy? Is that their voice in my head or is that my true voice? Right? When you figure out what that is, ask yourself, what the truth is. What are your intentions? Did you do your best, right? Did you do your best? That's it. If you did your best, even if it's not what you aspire yourself to be, but you did your best for that day, let it go. You do not need to hold on to that guilt. Give it back to whoever it came from. It's not yours to hold anymore.
0: Oh, I love that. And I love the permission it gives to also understand the context and the nuance of the moment. So
1: lots of grace. Yeah. I always remind ourselves that our children think we're superheroes. It's the littlest things because they haven't been conditioned yet to have all of these expectations and this. They think, I I will share this. There was one when <laughs> I went to like this like, ice creams, museum exhibit, whatever it was. And I was miserable. I was just like, oh my God, like, this is so boring. It wasn't what I thought it was. We're leaving and I'm feeling bad. I'm just like, oh, I should have done something more fun with her. Like, I could have done this. My daughter gets in the car. She's like, this was the best day ever. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. Like oh. I'm like, oh, it doesn't take that much. Okay. To yeah. your four-year-old self, this was amazing. How do we run with that? So I, when I, when I get in my head about what's perfect and what's this, I remember that moment that my child, and I've had several moments like birthday parties, et cetera, little things where you thought you had to do this big old thing and you do the simplest thing. And your child was like, it's the best day ever. This is great. Yeah. Let them guide you. Let them guide you. They're having fun. They're they're experiencing things for the first time. Experience it with them instead of always figuring what the next thing and how can you be better? How can you compete with this person? It's not necessary. Safa, thank you so very much for this fun conversation today. Yes, thank you for having me. It's, It's been a pleasure talking to you. That
0: was Stepha Lafond, who is dedicated to helping moms navigate the space between who they were and who they're still becoming, while also taking a critical look at unjust systems and power structures to create a shift towards liberation. You can find Stepha on Instagram at Mama Slay Life. I hope that your takeaway from our conversation is that the transition into motherhood and becoming a parent. Is a messy one. There are many ways to navigate it. And it's often more enjoyable if you lean into the process with curiosity as you figure out what's going to work for you and your family in a way that helps you thrive rather than spiral down into guilt and shame. One thing you can do for you is watch the TED talk called Listening to Shame with Brene Brown that Stefa mentioned in the episode. And then give yourself tons of grace as you explore just how to be. Then the one thing you can do for the rest of us is to help chip away at hustle culture by encouraging others to set boundaries around their availability outside of their work hours so that then they can feel more supported in finding that balance between the doing and the being. For example, a really good friend of mine signs off her emails with a couple of sentences that read, quote, Are you receiving this message outside of your normal work hours? I welcome you to set this message aside until it makes sense for your own family slash work balance. End quote. Whenever I read that message after getting one of her emails, it is such a good reminder and actually a permission to then answer it when it makes sense for me and not necessarily in that very moment. So yeah, consider ways that you can encourage others to take the permission to set those boundaries. You can connect with Birthful on Instagram at Birthful Podcast, And to learn more about Birthful and my birth and postpartum preparation classes, go to birthful.com. Birthful was created by me, Adriana Lozada, and is a production of LWC Studios. The show's senior producer is Paulina Velasco. Jen Chen is executive editor. Cedric Wilson is our lead producer. Kojin Tashiro is our associate sound designer and mixed this episode. Thank you so very much for listening to and sharing Breathful. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, Amazon Music, Spotify, and everywhere you listen. And come back for more ways to inform your intuition.